Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I got my great co-host Sarah with me. Hi, Hi. Sarah. Hi, guys. How are you today? Uh, well, good. Good to see you, Sarah. Good to see you. So I'm excited about our topic today. It is suffering as a pathway to peace. We've done some of that. Yes, yes, there's no doubt. So as we normally start the show, we want to anchor ourselves in Scripture. So go ahead. We're coming from you uh, today, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. Therefore, in order to keep from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, and in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yes, yes, one of my favorite verses. It is not a popular topic around suffering. We hear mostly now that God wants us to be happy. God wants us to be rich. He wants us to be prosperous. But you and I both know that the way we came to Christ and gave our life, more importantly, the surrender to Christ was through suffering. Absolutely. Right. So for me, I always had him and I, I knew the Lord and I felt like the Lord was always talking to me, but I did not want God to be the Lord of my life. So the suffering and, and listen to how I say it, the suffering that he allowed me to go through actually revealed his nature and his character to me. He revealed that he's faithful, that we quote it all the time, right? I quoted it, God will never leave me and God will never forsake me. But I finally got to experience the fact that when I was in rehab, that he never left me. He never uh, forsook me and he was always there. So talk a little bit about your experience with that. Um, well, same thing. I mean, I've heard, you know, since I was a little girl, God loves you. Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm. um, go to the Lord whenever you're in distress. Um, but but it's not until you're suffering and going through all of that stuff yeah. that you really get on your knees and ask for help and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And you have to go through all of those things. Um, you know, the Scarlet Letter was such a profound book. Reading that in high school, yeah. um, I felt um, whenever I was in my addiction, like I had that Scarlet A on my forehead, yeah. but the A was for addiction instead of adultery. Yeah. And that is not something that I wanted to be an alcoholic, <laughs> you know, like that to me was the most humiliating thing that I could have ever yeah. gone through. Yeah. I had a college degree. I had a good family. Mm -hmm. um, I was in clubs. I was in sports. Yeah. This was the last thing that should be happening to 
yeah. me. And so for a very long time, um, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't embrace recovery. I didn't embrace sobriety because I was so ashamed. Yeah. I was so ashamed of being an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize that that suffering was part of God's plan. Yeah, I didn't realize that I had to go through every dark time I had had in my addiction mm -hmm. um, to seek him, to find his grace, to humble myself before the Lord so that he could start to work through me. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the part about the suffering is when we're actually in our active addiction and going through that suffering, I'll admit it didn't feel good, right? It did not feel good. And you brought out something that when I got into addiction and I took it to the Lord and I said, Lord, why do I have to have addiction as kind of my thorn in my side? And I actually was trying to bargain with God, like, can I have something else? Yeah, me too. Uh, because I don't know how to function and live life in my warped mindset, I was like, how do you have fun without drinking? Yeah. Because I hadn't done it in, you know, a long time. So as I was suffering, I realized that I, I sought God more. I prayed more. And then I really started to examine what was in my heart and accept that oh, there was some trauma. There's some frailties there. There's some fear. There's some, some doubt. And we were talking about it. There was some pride and mm -hmm. some ego there because our resume lines up with everything the world says. If you have these things, yes. you are happy because you're living the American dream. Well, the American dream is not necessarily the dream that leads you to peace. And it's certainly most times, especially if you've got resources, does not lead you to Christ, yeah. right? And, and and that was the thing that I found. I was looking around saying, well, I have all the stuff. I went to school. I did all the things that the world told me to do. And the key is the world told me to do, not what the word of God says. And, and I can now say that through that suffering, I learned not only who I was and my shortcomings and my sin and the shame, but I also more importantly, grew closer to Christ than I had at any point in my life. Me too. Me too. I mean, I think the imagery of Christ on the cross, we Christians know it, yeah. we, but we don't, we yeah. don't really think about his suffering on yeah. the cross. Yeah. We just, he should just take away all of our sins and that's yeah. it. But we forget that we have to go through some of that suffering too. Yeah to find his grace, to realize what he went through mm -hmm. by our own experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of parents out there, they don't know why their child is going through this. They, yeah. you know, they did the right thing. They um, had their their children in church. They did Bible school. Yeah. Um, they brought their kids up the right way. They didn't have a lot of, you know, anything yeah. to tie it to. And then here their child is becoming addicted to drugs and alcohol. And yeah. they're just like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. And you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know, sometimes the pathway to your child's peace is for them to go through addiction. Yeah. Sometimes a pathway to peace is our suffering. And sometimes, you know, a lot of parents out there, you want your child to be perfect and you raise them the right yeah. way and you put them in church and you put them through Bible studies and um, you're thinking you're on the right path and you're doing the right things. And years later, you know, your child's suffering with drugs and alcohol and addiction or something mm -hmm. else. And you wonder what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. And sometimes 
parents have to suffer seeing their kids go through that to get closer to Christ. Yeah, and I often think about you fall into addiction and a lot of it is it's inward focus to the point of you get your healing, but then as you get that healing, then you realize what I like to call the collateral damage that is kind of all around you. And I want to talk about my wife for a second, because in in the whole, when I was in rehab and, you know, they discuss your marriage and then you realize like, whoa, man, I, I kind of messed this deal up. Yeah. And then I remember my wife, when I finally agreed to go to rehab, all of the pain and the, the, the torment of trying to, kind of, I'm going to use the word, wrangle me, get me together and give me to rehab. And then I I thought about all the nights I was out drinking and she didn't know where I was. But I I say all of this to say that we're not just hurting ourselves, we are hurting our spouses, we're hurting our families. And one of the things I had to do was come back and say, put yourself in your wife's position, put yourself in your mom and dad's. And I was like, whoa, that had to be awful, painful for them to watch and they're okay with it now because on the other side right we we i hear people quote the scripture a lot romans 8 28 uh all things work together for good for all those who love the lord and are called according to his purpose obviously we are but we have to apply that and what i realized was i looked at my mom i would say it was a lot of tough love from her point of view and prayers my father too my my wife was more of it was a, a quiet faith and a confidence, and I know she prayed a lot, like, oh man, Lord, help my husband, right? Um, and she was steadfast and faithful, but to parents, it's sometimes the process to the peace, the healing from addiction is going to include some suffering. It's not uh, popular, it's not easy to watch, because the Lord starts working us, right? Oh, yeah. Doing his work in us. And sometimes that work includes pain and suffering. Yeah, I mean, but it also comes full circle. Um, I remember my mom prayed, pleaded with the Lord. I know that her prayer saved me and eventually got me to say yes to go into treatment. Yeah. Um, and it's so uh, interesting. And in, in talking to her now, mm-hmm. she talks about all that pain that she went through for yeah. many years um, while I was in my addiction and all the prayers. And she knows that those prayers were faithful to me becoming um, where I am today. Yeah. You know, for yeah. her to see this podcast and see me, you know, talking about the Lord and talking about my addiction <laughs> it's it's mind-blowing to her because yeah. she sees she gets yeah. to see the fruits of her labor yeah. she gets to see all that prayer and and her daughter now doing something for good and it comes full circle mm-hmm. um i mean this affects all of us so for yeah. me personally i went through my own personal suffering and i went to treatment in 2010 um, and i was going along my merry little way and and doing the 12-step program and doing the church thing and leading yeah. bible studies and bringing other women to christ and mm-hmm. um five years later my husband starts using yeah and my husband starts you know going through this spiral of Mm -hmm. depression and anxiety and i didn't know how to help him yeah and i literally looked up and laughed and i'm like are we going through this again like is this happening yeah and i had to put him through treatment yeah and i had to go 
um, be the wife of and go through mm -hmm. a 12-step program for the spouses. Yeah. And so it's so interesting how God works. But through that experience, I was brought to my knees again. Yeah. I was brought closer to Christ yeah. because I had to see my part in my role in my marriage and what I was doing right and what I was doing wrong. And for mm -hmm. us to become closer, we had to go through that experience. Yeah. And as hard as it was for me, I was working in this field of yeah. addiction and right. I'm putting my husband into treatment. Yeah. Um, it was not something that I had in my plan because I got sober and I started climbing up that ladder again yeah. and I started doing well, yeah. you know, the promises were coming true. Um, and God knows how to throw you right back down yeah. and yeah. humble you yeah. and really say, okay, yes, you have gotten some of this stuff, but yeah. there's some things you still need to learn. Yeah. And I still need you to suffer so that you can find some more peace or mm -hmm. that so you can go through the, this, this other experience to help other people mm -hmm. or to help you guys or the spouses or the parents and have that ability to educate in a different way. Right, right. So, I, the the Bible talks about Christ, and he learned uh, obedience through suffering. So if if we're disciples and our master, our Lord, learned obedience through suffering, there are lessons that we all have to learn that, I'm sorry to say this, that can only come through suffering. I, myself, I, I truly believe this, and I've debated this with the good Lord, uh, in prayer, I'm not sure that I become obedient and I walk in the assignment in the pathways of the Lord without alcoholism. I'm just not sure. Oh, I'm not sure I would have ever looked up and said, hey, I surrender, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a daily surrender because you and I both know you, you suffer, you kind of get through the suffering. And then if you don't watch yourself, those old, I'm gonna call it alcoholic, addict behaviors and habits yeah. and the moving away from the Lord starts to come back. Share on that. Well, I think, you know, just going back to our verse today, that thorn in the side actually means whatever <laughs> your thorn is, whether it is addiction, adultery, um, sexual addiction, pornography, shopping, yeah. money, gambling, there's there is a thorn in all of us mm -hmm. and it's to bring us closer to christ yeah. and it's to bring us to our knees and it's for us to be able to experience the grace that he wants for us to experience because yeah. like you said without alcoholism i would not be here today talking yeah. about the lord and on fire for god mm -hmm. the way that i am today yeah yeah it when i when i watch and i work with young people who are early in their recovery. And you know, we were the same way. You see people like yourself, 16 years, you see the 40 year guy and you go, man, I wonder if I can ever get there. And you realize that they got there one day at a time, a daily surrender in a daily healing. And I always tell people, hey, yep, I'm a recovered alcoholic. And they look at me funny sometimes and say, well, how can that be? You're always alcoholic. I said, my guy's bigger than alcohol. I'm healed, but it's a daily healing based on me surrendering to my Savior and to my Lord Jesus Christ. And it was a process, right? Yeah. We, we were talking earlier, actually off camera, about how much we pray to be healed, how much our parents and our friends, our wives, our spouses. And it wasn't until we surrendered and accepted the way God was going to heal us, 
which for both of us in, in, involved a lot of pain. It involved the suffering to be able to now get to a place of peace yeah. and, and serenity. Now, this does not mean there are not issues, challenges, trials, tribulations, and testing that happens to Sarah and I daily. And honestly, now I can lean into those knowing that really God's in control, right? God is truly in control of what happens to me, to what happens to us. Nothing can touch our lives without God first allowing it. That, that is called God's permissive will, right? He allows it and he knows that, okay, he knows things about us that he put in us. Quite honestly, I remember saying to my chaplain and counselor, I said, man, I don't know that I can stay sober for a minute, you know, cause you know, that obsession in your mind, the whole time I'm meeting with him, I'm saying, man, I, a drink would be so nice. A drink would be so nice. And now through everything I've gone through, the suffering, the peace comes to the point I rarely, if ever, even think about, you know, having a drink. Well, the fact that you even went to your pastor and your chaplain is huge, first of all, because many of us go to the church and the church doesn't know what to do with us. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what that was like for you? Because I know a lot of you guys have gone, you know, to your pastors yeah. or some of you haven't or are scared to yeah. or, you know, some of um, the spouses maybe have chatted with some people in the church. Yeah. Oh, my husband's going through this issue. How do yeah. I help him? What was that experience like for you? Well, it's humbling, right? Because what, what I have found is we project on our spiritual leaders, our pastors, our ministers, chaplains, but they are there to help you, right? And what I remember most about them was there was no judgment. Because a lot of times when we've got these sins and some of them, let's call them like the dark ones, right? Yeah. The ones that they don't necessarily immediately embrace and hug you and say, oh, it's going to be okay. He, he gave me love. Uh, there was no judgment and he didn't shame me. Yeah. That's big, right? Yeah. And one of the things I love about my church and I was telling uh, one of the pastors just this morning, I said, you know, one of the things that I learned from Gateway, the church I go is they always say, choose love and choose unity, love and unity. And I'll be very honest. I didn't always choose that pre my sobriety. And at a point when I was sober, I, I, I probably had, and it goes back to pride and ego and sometimes wanting to be right. And someone disagrees with you, you don't choose love. Well, God talks about, you know, love him and then love others. So I, I, I choose now love and I choose unity. Doesn't mean that you and I may always agree, yeah. but at the end of the day, I'm going to choose to love you and be unified in our love for Christ. Yeah. For me, it was a little bit different because I was so ashamed of what I had become and mm. my alcoholism that I didn't, I was scared to go to the church. Mm. Now, my parents had a huge faith. And um, I remember going to a women's retreat mm -hmm. um, about a year before I got sober. And I didn't know how I was going to make it through that four days without alcohol. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit started to seep in and talk to me. Mm -hmm. And that foundation that I learned as a child, if I did not have that, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, get help later on down the road. And so that foundation is, is key and important to 
have in your child's life. And mm -hmm. it'll come back eventually. Yes. But yeah. the Holy Spirit was talking to me little by little by little and chipping away. Um, I remember driving down Hewlin and Fort Worth by this church mm -hmm. um, on my way to work every single day, still drinking like yeah. heavily. Yeah. Um, and something about that church and that cross on that church was yeah. calling me. And I remember before I went to treatment, about a month before treatment, I went into that church every Sunday yeah. and would just cry and cry and cry. And and that started to change my thinking. It mm -hmm. started to allow some of that light in. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that my, my parents were about to have an intervention on me, yeah. but I believe that going to church those few times before mm -hmm. that intervention was what allowed me to say, yes, mm -hmm. I will go to get help. Yeah. I. I know that the Lord was slowly speaking through me and the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me like, this is going to be okay. Yeah. This is, you know, this is your path. Like you're going to say yes, you're going to surrender. And when the moment that I did that, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, all of my worries, all of my pain just immediately went away. Yeah. And then when I entered treatment, I have never found um, people that loved me so much yeah. until that day that I entered that place and just mm -hmm. felt like I was normal again. I felt like everything was going to be yeah. okay. I felt like people for the first time were like me. Mm -hmm. There was other people who had yeah. great jobs who were in treatment. Yeah. It wasn't just people under a bridge. Yeah. Um, and so little by little, all those things that we do as parents, we do as spouses, the prayer, um, instilling all this into our children at mm -hmm. an early age, it comes back yeah. for the good. And that's how he intended it. But, you know, sometimes we have to let go, you know, yeah. we have to um, allow our children to go through some of those things because that's how he's going to show them <laughs> yeah. their own grace, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. their own suffering and their own pathway to peace. Yeah. Because I had to go through that. My parents, of course, they did not want me to go yeah. through that. Um, but I had to go through that to understand God's fullness, mm -hmm. what he can provide us, yeah. his love for us, his grace for us. Mm -hmm. And then once I got a piece of that, I didn't want to let go. I yeah. wanted more and more and more. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he draws you close and then you, you get to see his nature and then you get to see his character. And I always tell people when you're dealing with someone in their active addiction, keep praying, don't give up and trust God's timing. Yes. God's timing is not our timing. His ways are not our ways. Thank God. And I remember my mom saying to me, and I, I can say this, mom, I was kind of mad at you. Uh, <laughs> she said, I'm just turning you over to the Lord. And I'm like, I thought that was giving up, yeah. but no, that was surrender saying, Lord, have your way, do your work. Yes. I know you will heal him and restore him and resurrect him in your time and in your way. And then I'll wait, right? If, if we think about the Bible and we read the word, you can look at David and some of the great uh, characters in the Bible, disciples, whomever, there was always this waiting period, yes. right? This waiting period. And our enemy knows we what? We live in an on-demand society. We can get it. You can order it, Instacart, all that good stuff. We want things right now. Yep. And we what? We don't like to wait. So yep. he uses that sometimes, I truly believe, against us. And we have to wait on God's timing. We have to wait on God's process. That's the other word we tend not to like now is that, oh, there's a process. Yes, there's a process. 
in the pain and the process in the suffering where the Lord will bring you out and resurrect and restore you. And that's beautiful. But while we're in the process, we tend to sometimes be included, uh, want to rush that process to get out of that suffering. But it is through that you, you learn that there's something inside of you that the Holy spirit, that you're stronger than you thought you have, perhaps more faith than you thought. And you get this glimpse. God showed me himself in ways that I never imagined. And I never knew when things were great. When I was down at the bottom, man, I I never felt closer. Yeah. I mean, same, same experience. The enemy knows exactly what to put in our lives to get us far away from Christ. And alcohol was what it was for us. It's something different for everybody. But that power of prayer, he does not like that. He does not like the power of prayer. He does not like anything having to do with Christ. Um, And so I love that we get to put the full armor of Christ on today and be able to speak to people and and show what works Mm -hmm. um, because that's exactly what he wants us to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I think back to my brother Lonnie, who we named the ministry after. He was in that addiction for 40 years, and, but he never gave up because, yeah. and I want you to talk about this, is, and when I was trying to get sober, I tried, I, I went through various processes, yeah. right? They all failed till I got the rehab, but I kept praying and I kept trying and I really didn't know how I was going to get out of this, this pit of sin, shame, and addiction. I, I didn't know how, but I know who, Jesus. And I just, I just kept trying. I kept trying. I'd maybe get a year. I'd get four months. And I want to talk about the importance of continuing to try until you see the, the hand of the Lord leading and guiding you to ultimately, and I'm going to call it the place or the vehicle or the treatment center or the AA or whatever he's going to use to get you to your healing, um, encourage and talk to our listeners about that. Um, so for me, I mean, I, I prayed, I went to church, I did women's retreats. I tried to do many different things to get alcoholism, um, out of my life. You know, at the end there, I tried, um, 12 step recovery, um, I actually got more into my shame and guilt when mm-hmm. when it didn't work. And yeah. so, um, but I think that he, he did that on purpose. Like mm-hmm. he knew I, I loved the Lord, but the enemy was just very strong. I yeah. remember him having such a stronghold over me at that time. Yeah. Um, but I saw moments of clarity, yeah. um, usually in the morning when yeah. I'm just coming um, over a hangover. <laughs> but there yeah. was moments of clarity um, that, built and built and built until I finally um, surrendered. And that surrender, I mean, you just put that imagery of God lifting his hand or his his son and daughter up, you know, and taking him out of that pit. That's what it felt like for me. That's what it was for me. So just, you know, 
just because we got sober, just because um, God put that thorn in our side doesn't yeah. mean that we're not going to go through trials and tribulations today. Yeah. I go through many of my, I've gone through probably worse times mm -hmm. um, sober mm -hmm. than I did in my addiction, but mm -hmm. I know how to handle those situations today because yeah. of that one time that Christ took and removed alcoholism mm -hmm. um, from me as, as my addiction and my bondage. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the funny thing about this whole thing is um, there's a trial and tribulation in the studio today we have we are in the studio with a, a gym and somebody was doing the ropes yes, and pounding yes. and pounding and pounding and we were thrown off and the enemy <laughs> wanted to <sighs> defeat us and didn't want you guys to hear this message today but we prevailed yes right. and we overcame and um here we are yes sarah that's great uh guys we got to wrap up but i want to leave you with Three takeaways that I have and the burden the Lord has put on my heart is if you are suffering, if you are in your active addiction, remember, don't give up. Trust God and friends, family, and you keep praying. Trust the process and allow God's timing, which is always perfect, to resurrect, to renew, and to heal you please continue to follow us and like and share at FromBeerToTheBible.com, our YouTube channel, our Instagram, all of our platforms. But more than anything, we want you to take away our love, our hope, and our faith, which is in Christ Jesus. May God richly bless you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.